Hi, you're listening mm. to K is for Kinky, and we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters, Jen and Eden. Yo. And today, <laughs> we are talking about... Our different journeys to becoming switches. To switches, bitches. <laughs> switch it up. How this bitch became a switch. Yeah, switch it up. <laughs> Dorkiest thing I've ever seen. You're a dork. <laughs> God. Hello, and welcome to the K is for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Miss Jen looks around for something to do. This is our theme song. I didn't recognize it. It is? Yes! <laughs> and I'm on key. This is... What's wrong with you? You don't know anything. Whoopsie. Do you not listen to your own opening? Do you just fast forward through our theme song? No, I listen, listen to it. How did you not know that was the I, opening? I don't engage my brain until I hear our voices. <laughs> I was about to say, you don't engage your brain at all, but that's kind oh, of bratty. Yeah, careful. It's over the line. You just set <clears> me up there for that. I feel you might be a switch, but you're still my bitch. Ah! Yes. I'm sorry for boo. I just scared him. Uh, yeah, he looks terrified. He's all rolled over on his back. He relaxing. did. He twitched. He, no, he, he actually, twitched. Yeah, he was like. Eh. He did a full body fear twitch. And Echo's giving me one eyeball. You know, I'm these... sorry, but that was really good. And I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, but now I have to keep in my mean comment that I didn't actually mean. I was just kind of like softballing it in. I don't really think that you don't use your brain. I think you use it a lot, actually. You got a big brain. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, I uh, tune out things that are less important. Like, like our theme, theme songs? songs and sometimes the children. It's our it theme song. It's our theme song. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, the middle section of stories you tell. But, you know. <laughs> You're such a douche. Oh, my God. My brain wanders. <sighs> All right. I think we should get started. No, I, I mean, want you to the sit best here. part is behind us already, but we I want you to keep sit going. here and let me glare at you <laughs> for a long time. <sighs> so today we're talking about switch it up. Oh, Echo. Oh, oh, he had a yawn and then it went into a sneeze. That was adorable. Echo, what's wrong? You're nicking your chops. Echo had to go to the vet this morning. They don't want to hear. To get a recheck. Actually, they do want to hear. They do want to they hear. They voted for Hi, yeah. Echo. He got his bladder rechecked, and it's not doing any worse, but it's only doing slightly better, and it's still not healthy. So he will remain on Wait, the prescription did food. Did you seriously just describe his bladder on the radio? I didn't describe it, like, that much. I just said <sighs> that it's not great, and he has to be rechecked again in a few months. His privacy just doesn't matter to you at all. No. I it doesn't matter to him either. <laughs> doesn't give a fuck i think he does give a fuck i think he's oh hey echo do you give a fuck about your privacy sneeze once for yes <laughs> yawn once for no you can't ask him <laughs> yawn once for no when he's in the middle of yawning that's like cheating God. all right let's get let's get serious yeah maybe i should start with my story of how i became a switch because it's not going to be as as interesting probably i'm assuming well it was a long ass time ago like it was probably 1994? No. That's when I graduated high school. That's when I graduated preschool. Out of diapers. <laughs> Out of diapers into pull-ups. Um, 
I came into the scene around 2008 or 9, um, and I was in the scene for a couple of years as an S-type when I came in. I was 100% S-type. Never in a million years did I think I would ever even top anybody. Um, I, like, I would go to, like, spanking parties and, like, to see me top back then, like, because I would try it out with friends. I would just laugh. I mean, I still laugh when I'm topping, but it's more of a sadistic laugh than a hee hee. I don't know what I'm doing. Laugh. I mean, it sounds the same. It sounds like adorable and cute when you're laughing while you're hurting someone. Yeah. You're just anyway. an adorable person. So I did not think I would ever be switching seriously. Um, and but fortunately, when I came into the scene, especially, I think, because I didn't know anyone, I didn't know anything like I just I would go to any class I could find and whatever the class was I tried to pay attention from both sides of the slash so if it was a hard skills class I tried to pay attention to at the very least safety factors from the top side even though in my mind I thought I'll never actually need to use these things but it's good to be aware right um the gateway to becoming a switch just innocently taking topping classes (laughs) knowledge makes you into a switch (laughs) Well, no, so I, um, gosh, I don't know, two or three years in, let's say it was around 2012. Yeah, think of the exact date because it really helps the story. No, just the the year. I'm just saying around 2012. (laughs) Jesus. I'm going to send you to the corner in a second. No. No, no, bitch. Ah! Oh, my leg. (laughs) My Achilles. (laughs) What's not your Achilles? Okay. Anyway, so a few years in, I, you know, I was very active from the get go, going to classes, you know, playing, whatever. And um, a friend of mine was like, I want to go. And by the way, I lived up in the valley at this time. So I, I had not either had never been to or had maybe once been to sanctuary at the time um, because I was mainly going to the couple of dungeons that were in the valley. Um, So, um, so my friend was like, I want to go to sanctuary and uh, apply to be a pro. Would you come with me? Cause I'm really nervous being the good friend that I am, even though I cannot remember the name of the friend anymore. (laughs) I went with the friend to apply at sanctuary as a pro and Mistress Cyan was like, you know, okay, like, you know, there's a lot of training on the job and things like that. She was like, come on back on Monday or whatever it was. Um, so I showed up. I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm a pro now. And that's why I tell people like I accidentally became a pro because it was not necessarily my intention at first. Um, but then I showed up. My friend did not show up. Uh, but that led to about a year and a half of doing some pro stuff, um, which included a lot of experiences and learning and training that uh, I probably would not have had otherwise. So I'm very grateful for that time. Um, you know, I was trained in using canes by Mr. Cyan. Um, I was able to practice because, again, you're kind of, you know, a lot of times when you're a pro, it's a lot of kind of just sitting around time. So you use a lot of that time to just practice stuff and take pictures of yourself and things like that. 
So I learned a lot of stuff during that time, and that was great. Got a lot of experience. But um, I don't know, partway in, let's say six to nine months in, I was like, well, I could get more clients if I was a switch because I was there as a pro sub, right? So I was like, I could get more clients as a switch because what would happen is that client comes in, says, I want, you know, a top or, you know, dom or I want a, a bottom. Well, so they call the doms or the bottoms or the S types, but they also call the switches because the switches can do either, right? So you're more likely to be called in for interviews with the clients. So um, I was like, ah, I want to be a switch. So at first it was purely professional. It was, it was about the green. It was economics. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really to get more clients. And so I learned a lot. I trained, uh, made sure my school, skills were, were good enough um, for the job and started switching professionally. Um, soon after, um, I would occasionally top like friends of mine, some of whom were also like pro subs. Um, so we would just like have fun with it. Um, and I started to realize, okay, like, you know, it's not just as a pro, like when I top somebody, like it's kind of fun. Like I'm enjoying this. It's, it's growing on me, you know, I don't know how long. So I wasn't a pro for long. It was, you know, about a year and a half total. So by the time I became a pro switch, I'd probably been in the scene like three and a half. I don't know, three and a half, four years, something like that. Um, so I had lots of time just as an S type, became a switch, um, did it professionally, started to do it just recreationally. Uh, and it started to grow on me. I started to enjoy it. And, um, I still at that point was like S leaning switch. Um, I did not have any interest in, in power exchange from the top side at first. I, was like, yes, I, in relationships, I am an S type, but I can top, right? So that was, that was my identity for a while. Um, and I identified as a switch up until right around the time I met you. Well, so, technically you were still calling yourself a switch when you met me, but yeah. I feel like in your head. I was already when, kind of on my way out the door. Yeah, though. when you tell <laughs> the story, you say that you were no longer a switch when you met me, because I think internally you had made the shift and you, while in your relationship with your ex, Dom, you were still a Yeah, sub. I was still in a relationship with somebody that I was an S2. But you were no longer but in it the was, headspace. And yeah, it was, it was not. <laughs> exactly. Also, you had a lot of power in that relationship that was imbalanced. <laughs> like, I was watching that happen. I'm like, this is not DS. Except for you calling each other the titles. <laughs> So that, I think that's part of it. I think that you... Yeah, there are a lot of problems. No, it's not... Um, sorry. I wasn't saying it's a problem. I was saying <laughs> around... But I was saying in that relationship, you were no longer really able to to be an S-type anyhow. But I think you were also transitioning personally out of wanting to be. So I think that's, you know... Yeah. And I also was kind of losing touch with my masochist side. That isn't gone completely. Like, there are still things that even to this day, I can see bottoming too. Now I haven't really bottomed unless you count once or twice at Club Awakening running over to the flogging station and going, my back hurts, flog me for a few minutes. But other than that, 
I have not bottomed probably like six years. Um, <clears throat> for a little while there, it was I'm 100% a switch. Like I had a D type that I was in service to and an S type that I was um, dominant to. But it was still a part time dynamic. Um, but yeah, I, I identified as a switch for quite some time after meeting the submissive partner that I had at the time. It was a part time dynamic, but I felt it was meeting her. I met her around the time that I was like, I really feel like I am ready to be a dominant as opposed to a top. Yeah. Um, that I could start to include some power exchange. And we met and so that that happened. Um, that happened. Well, because I mean, that was good timing in terms of where we both were. It was an opportunity to explore that for both of us. Um, but again, it was a part-time dynamic. We were kind of long distance, um, which is, I guess, good in terms of a starting point. <coughs> well, and I can speak Sorry. as the person who was kind of like overlapping with you and your detail at that then time. Anything more than long distance was something he couldn't tolerate as evidenced by my well, presence. Well, yeah, that's a whole other. Triggering both of you to sort of collapse. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, she was, she was long distance, um, I met you after probably I'd been with her, what, like a year? It seemed like a year, yeah. Because we were together like about two years. So you probably just had about your a one year, year in. You just had your one year anniversary because you had already given her cuffs. Okay. So I started to transition out of the switch mentality into dominant mentality. Um, and really that being my my focus and what felt right. Um, so that's kind of, I guess that's my entire journey in terms of how I have identified, but I think it's important because like I have journeyed through kind of all the things, uh, not all of them, but, um, I mean, there's different, obviously there's different types of under each category, but yeah, like I know I've got a solid amount of time as an S type, solid amount as a switch, solid amount as a D type. And it's very much those transitions were very much gradual. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like me discovering these sides of myself and slowly growing those things. Um, and when I became started to identify as a switch, not not referring to the pro part, but it was. It was also kind of letting go of an identity, not that I let go of my S side because switch includes that. Right. But it was letting go of my identity as only S type, you know, and that was something that when I first started on my journey, never thought would happen. Just couldn't even imagine it. So it was very, very gradual for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's really that's interesting. It. And I think it says, well, it says a lot about you because Miss Jen tends to move everything at a very gradual pace. <laughs> it's not an insult, a snail. <laughs> but, but it's important because the way that she thinks and the way that she does things is very blended. So like I think kind of in like bursts and I sort of grow in bursts as well. I mean, I also grow gradually, obviously, but um, I just find it really interesting. I think I, I like to hear about your journey, but I also like to point out that Miss Jen's journey, while it is a way to do it, is not the only way. And the reason I say that is because as I share my story, you're going to hear some resistance that my own dominant had because my story is different from her. And also, there's a little bit of fear that well, happens. the difference isn't what caused her. Like, well, we'll talk. I'll, yeah. I'll talk about it. We'll get to <laughs> we'll that. We'll get there. But I think it's interesting because um, I'm a very different person from my dominant. And I think 
that shocks people sometimes. Um, it does. I think some people think of us as the same entity, to be honest. I mean, on this podcast, people listen to this. They can clearly hear we yeah, are not. Yeah, we're extremely different. But people often confuse us for each other. They don't know us well. People will say one thing to one and think the other heard it, which actually usually is true. But um, <laughs> I think people who do not know us well or who only have glimpsed us see an amorphous blob of red hair. We even have similar That's why body I types. Had to- dye my hair a little bit more pink you know that your hair is still red like recently we told somebody that she had dyed her hair a different color and they're like are you serious because like well, it's barely a different shade we were also in a dark dungeon and it doesn't show up as well but in any case do i need to go like green or something yes oh my god no please don't do that well maybe actually i don't know put a purple. tab in that i'll go purple is that far enough for i mean it's still in the same family I think but you should stay red but if you want to do anything you want to do i support you i mean if anything go blue blue be kind of cool nah purple I am a purple person. Do you want to have purple hair? According to the children. Is this going to happen? I've gone purple, but it was more of a muted purple because it was purple over the red. Why don't we put a wig on you and see how it will go and find the right tone for you? <laughs> or I could just do it and be like, fuck it. We could do that too. That's usually what I do. <laughs> do you want to just do the fuck it thing? When do you want to do this? you want to do it a month from now? No, because I, I already have another pack of the... Dye. No, the color dork. Plum. The color dork? The pl- color plum. <laughs> Such an asshole. All right, I'll tell my story uh, now. All right. So before, Eden, you get to your story about becoming a switch, I wanted to let people know that we have a brand new website, and it is caseforkinky.org. You are really hoping that it's up by now, aren't you? So, Miss Jen, while we're recording this, the website is not yet up, but I guess by the time I this airs... I am manifesting it. She's manifesting that this website will be out. So I hope that in a couple of weeks time when this episode drops, it is up. Yeah. Case if not, you can edit this out. But <laughs> this is our middle call to action. But uh, if it's not, then you can just go to the website that's listed in our show notes. But I'm manifesting that our website will be up. By Look this at you, episode. man. You normally yeah. aren't in my magical stuff, but over here you are manifesting shit. Yeah. Want to light a candle for it too? Was that your manifesting sign? Do that again. That, no, I don't. Want to one more time. One more time. <laughs> no. Do it for the listeners. You don't won't, need a candle. The manifesting won't work if you don't do it. That's not true. Um, it is. I'm magically working against your manifestation. I don't remember until the you make sound, sound anymore. You went like bloop, 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 bloop. There, you did it. You do Good it. Good job, Shen. Please. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. Please <laughs> do it. All right, and then we go back to the episode. Yeah. All right. Bloop 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 bloop. That just sounded like bubbles, but anyway. All right. Back to listen to Eden's story. Bloop, 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 bloop. So I am a switch right now. Um, and my story is a bit different from Miss Jen's. I don't know why, by the way, she thought hers would be boring because it's not boring. I It's interesting that her story is gradual. My story is shorter. I've been in the scene for five and a half years. Um, when I came into the scene, I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew that I was looking for polyamory because I had just gotten out of a monogamous marriage that did not end well. Um, and I was polyamorous in that marriage. I wasn't actively polyamorous. I just knew in my heart that I was a polyamorous person. And I knew that in a monogamous setup, I wasn't going to be okay. And I discovered that there was no way I could explore polyamory with the partner I had safely. Um, and, uh, so there was a lot of other reasons why I left, but that was a big one was I realized I'm kinky and I realized I'm polyamorous and I realized my partner was neither of those things. Um, the other thing that I knew I was interested in was finding a female dominant. Um, and I didn't fully understand the way that I do now, what dominant and submissive meant, but I had a good enough sense of it to know I was interested in it. 
And so my biggest driving force and my biggest need that I had that I was trying to meet was, you know, finding a female dominant. Um, and that's, that's what happened. I did it very quickly. Like the first night, Hello. um, whoops. <laughs> um, I mean, our, our journey, we've talked about our relationship before and I don't want to go too into it, but it was certainly not an easy start. It was very tumultuous and very odd. And we ended up closing our relationship within the first year. Um, and we were basically monogamous for almost five years at this point, like maybe four and a half. I would qualify us as monogamous right now because we're only open to poly play, but we are doing what we can to open to poly. Anyways, the point is... Where was this? How did this get to poly talk? <laughs> it got into the talk because I knew what I wanted. And what I wanted was somebody like you. Um, never at any point in time when I walked into the scene did I consider being a dominant as an impossibility. I just didn't have an interest in it. And so my opinion of it was I'm not interested in that. I don't have the drive to be in charge of other people right now or possibly ever. I have to deal with myself on a daily basis and I have to be in charge of myself on a daily basis and I am a handful. So I am enough for me. Um, Amen. Thank you. That's nice. She just made a face. She stuck her tongue out too. You know what? You gave me shit at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> so I'm taking pot shots whenever possible. I Keep think you going. Should. I think it's good for the listeners. Mm-hmm. It keeps us fresh. Um, <laughs> basically, I knew what I wanted, but I never thought it was ludicrous for me to consider topping. I just didn't want to. And what was interesting for me and what has been interesting for me is when I was identifying as an S type, I had a lot of people laugh at the thought of me topping. Um, I think my dominant thought it was cute, the thought of me topping. And I think that was not meant to be demeaning. It was more so like, oh, cute. My S type is, you know, topping. Also, though, my dominant encouraged me if I wanted to, to try to learn, like, because that's one of the things she teaches. But I don't think that anybody who was meeting me, especially in those first two years, even considered it possible for me to top because I was so fucking shy, which is very weird for me. Obviously, listening to this podcast, you can hear that I am quite the talkative lady uh, person, <laughs> ladyish person. Ladyish. <laughs> I'm quite the talkative ladyish person. Um, but I have even encountered people who I tell them right now, oh, I switch. And I've had somebody look me in the face and say, really? You have such a submissive energy. And that has happened. And it was not meant as an insult. It was from a female dominant who I actually respect. Um, but I just looked at her and I was like, well, yeah, just because my energy with you feels submissive doesn't mean that my energy with this other person feels that way. Um, and it's been an interesting journey for me because what ended up happening was this assertion that I had in my mind from the beginning of I can do whatever I want to do. I'm capable of whatever I want to do. I just don't want this right now. Um, that allowed me to face wanting to switch with I feel a lot more um, comfort than if I had walked in thinking I'm never going to do this ever and I I'm not capable or I'm not wanting to ever um, with that being said though it was shocking to me when it started to occur that I had this desire to switch now looking back it's shocking to me that I didn't notice earlier that I had the potential uh, the real potential to want to switch because I just didn't think I'd be wanting it um, was really my, my opinion in the beginning. Um, but as I got more experience and as I started to understand myself in the scene and within the context of BDSM, I started to realize uh, that I might want to experience, you know, impact play as the top. I might want and desire power and control over other people that is consensual. And it was around year four-ish, maybe, yeah, basically year four, 
of my time in the scene and of obviously my time in this relationship that I started to realize I might be interested. And I was nervous about it um, because one, um, I've always allowed switches in my S-type support group, but I've always presented as an S-type in there. So I knew I'd have to come out to my group um, as a switch. I knew that my dominant would have to be comfortable with me switching. And I think there, there was an adjustment period when I finally told her. But the reason that I started to realize that I was a switch has nothing to do with impact and everything to do with um, high protocol, actually. So one, I had a friend uh, who was a male submissive contact me. Um, he wasn't a friend at the time, but he reached out and sent me a really genuine, uh, lovely message on FetLife. And we started talking. And um, it is the only time that I've ever engaged in a long conversation that I can recall with somebody I did not know on FetLife who was genuinely kind and interested in me. Um, and we've been pen pals ever since for like basically two or three years. Um, and he identified early on, he's like, you know, I know that you're a submissive, but I would really love at some point to, cons- to consider approaching you for service to you and your dominant. Um, and it was a concept that I had never allowed to enter my brain. I had never had a reason to think about it. And it was shocking to me that my answer was not disinterest and not a no. I was actually intrigued. I was like, oh, this is comforting and satisfying the thought of somebody being in service both to me and to my D-type. And in that scenario, I would not be another S-type. I would be um, I would be acting as a sort of top or D-type. And I was like, that feels good to me. Um, that was the first inkling of, oh, I could potentially be a switch, but I just don't know. Um, during High Protocol Revival, which is a group that we, we run, I act often as a sort of switch in the space. I'm probably one of the only people who really experiences any sort of switchy headspace in that environment during parties because we ask switches to be D-types or S-types. But I, as a, as a leader of the organization, as, as, as somebody who is in service to the event, I'm in charge of coordinating all of the other S-types. And so they all report to me. I actually need S-types to be attached to me and basically in service to me so that I can send them places. So I have to operate in high protocol spaces as sort of, some people call it an alpha sub, but it's a very unique headspace that is not at all like a normal subby headspace for me. And it's also very organic for me to be in that headspace. It's very comfortable for me to be in that headspace. And I started to realize like I would comfortably receive service as a D-type in this environment, comfortably. Um, at, that, at one of our parties, I had an S-type offer to serve me coffee. And it felt natural and right for me. And it felt comforting and I enjoyed it. It fed my soul and I was like, oh my God, I am interested in being a D-type in a high protocol environment. And that notion truly surprised me. Um, I think the other thing that triggered this realization in me with high protocol was during certain immersions, I would act as a D type and pretend to be a D type when there weren't enough D types in the room so that S types had someone to report to. Uh And it wasn't an act. It was very comfortable. I was very confident. Um, And so realizing that what I was drawn to was power exchange, not just simply impact, but power exchange as from the D side of the slash fucking shocked me and it also worried me when it first happened because I can't get that from my current relationship um, and I think at the time we weren't even open to play yet um, I wasn't worried that I needed it and didn't want to be a submissive because I have always known that I'm still interested in submission 
I was worried about how this would impact my dominant, her perception of me and her security over our relationship. It took me a long time to come to terms in myself with the fact that I really wanted to switch. And then when I finally decided I wanted to do that, I had the conversation with her. And um, Miss Jim was uncomfortable, I think. I, 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 do you want to speak to that? <clears throat> yeah. Well, so I wasn't uncomfortable with the idea of you identifying as a switch. It was, I think, due to my own journey of, and we talked about this, um, having gone from an S-type to a switch, but then I kept going, right? But then I just kept going. <laughs> I, I kept walking off the off the pier um, and ended up, you know, uh, kind of moving away from or growing away from my my masochism as well as my S side just as a whole um, and identified as a D type. <clears throat> and so I think, you know, m- my concern around it was more out of a fear that you would go down a similar path and that even if it was years down the road, you would get to the point where you're like, well, I really feel more like a D type now. <laughs> and so, I don't know what that means for this relationship, right? Um, And, you know, on the one hand, you can't control a relationship. Like, you can't control how, like, how people individually grow um, or what's going to happen. Like, relationships end. Relationships morph. They change into different things. Relationship Um, morph. Sorry. (laughs) You know, so, bottom line, I can't predict the future, Right. But because of my own personal experience, that was like the first fear that popped up was, uh oh, <laughs> she's going to go down the same path I did. And I think especially that's combined with the fact that you are a very strong, outspoken person. Um, like when I finally started to identify as a d-type most of the people they weren't kind of like you know you said people will come up to you and like really you're you think you're a switch or whatever like you seem so submissive i got the opposite i got the i always knew you were a d-type which by the way pisses me the fuck off because no i was an s-type and i was a switch for many years and that was genuine for me um our identity I wasn't is, like secretly a D-type the whole no, time. Our, we're not, humans aren't static beings. At that time, that was real for you. Yeah. And it was true for you. Yeah. So when people say that, I just, I'm done. So yeah, I think that was what came up for me was, you know, you in personality, you're not submissive. Going to a, you know, I said switching, moving to an identifier of switch from S-type, you know, it was like because of your natural personality just as a human, I could see very easily where you could move into identifying solely as a D-type. So I think all of that combined, you know, was sort of the first thing that popped up for me when we talked about it was that fear that eventually you're going to disconnect from your S side, um, which is obviously kind of important in our relationship so that was what it was for me do you still feel afraid 
not so much. Um, but I think it's more because I've just sort of let that go because I can't predict the future. So like if we end up, so it's one of those, I mean, it's probably why I also don't live with a lot of anxiety. Cause I'm like, well, sure it could happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen and I might as well not worry about it. Must be nice. Because there's, <laughs> there's nothing to worry about right now. So if I worry about it now, I'm just worrying about a fantasy that hasn't come true yet. Uh, and I don't say fantasy as a good thing, but like a uh, a a fear a, a fictional a world fear, a fear that hasn't happened. So why worry about it right now? If it happens, then we're gonna have to deal with it, right? So that's why I think I I'm just not as worried about it now. I mean, sense. we also, so here's the thing. I had pointed out that Miss Jen's, all of her transitions were gradual and they were linear. She went from one to the other to the other. Um, but my transition into switching is not, um, it's not a new thing for me. And it's something that I, this was actually something that helped me process being a switch. Um, I, all of my life have felt like I energetically respond very differently depending on who is across from me. Some people bring certain things out in me and other people bring other things out in me, right? Um, and to me, being a switch is the acknowledgement of my own ability to transform. I could not unlock this part of myself if I wasn't secure in my submission and in my relationship right now. Um, and that's something that I told Miss Jen and that I have been able to acknowledge is I got my need met. I started my story saying I knew what I needed. I needed a female dominant. I needed that energy. And I did not want anything else at that time. And I got what I needed. And I've had what I needed for five and a half years. And I've grown in the warmth and the love that my dominant has provided in our home and in our life together. As a result, I feel secure and fulfilled enough with my meter all the way up in terms of this energy I have is what I need. It is fulfilled. I can now look at other meters inside of myself that are not at full capacity. And those are the ones that I am fulfilling when I say I'm a switch and when I begin to top, you know, and a thought experiment I did and shared with Miss Jen that I feel actually majorly contributed to her feeling more secure was thinking about the possibility of breaking up with her. If I broke up with Miss Jen, which would fucking suck, would that be the end of me wanting a female dominant? Hell no. The first thing I would be doing besides trying, ready, to ladies. Cope, <laughs> trying to cope, trying to get myself on my feet, trying to navigate my life and getting myself to a stable place, assuming that I was stable and I had moved on, the first thing that I would be interested in seeking would be a female dominant. No question. And According to our episode on femdom don'ts it might be a little difficult <laughs> sorry it's only 10 out of every 100 in a room yep and only uh, five of those are <laughs> well no, those are those for men i'm not oh, a nab or male identifying that's true um but so yeah <laughs> but still. I, to be fair though by the way in our episode we talked about how male submissives and amab people have potentially a limited pool of the available femdoms to even like appeal to um we still gave them seven out of 10 that will take them. That means there's only like three out of 10 that are interested in like a romantic and sexual relationship in the, it, with the, with those pretend numbers we pulled. Uh, queer people are still getting far, far smaller cuts of the pie in terms of like availability. 
Sorry, I'm just saying. So what you're saying is you're stuck with me. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that at all. I am I'm very teasing. blessed beyond measure to have you. I'm very grateful that the first time you've been in a 24-7 dynamic, it's with me. And I hope I am with you until the day that you die. Because I'm old? Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but in any case, the point of what I'm saying is that I did this thought experiment and I realized like, I will never not be interested in having my submissive needs met and being paired with a, a female dominant ever. So there's not really actually a risk of me not being submissive. If our relationship failed, our relationship would fail, but it wouldn't be because I'm a switch. Um, <laughs> and what's funny to me is that like, as we began to explore poly play, I am equally choosing to bottom and top. In fact, I would actually argue that I'm bottoming a lot more than I'm topping. I am fed by both interactions. It's true. I have more tops than I do bottoms right now. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's not really, it's not if it's a reflection of inexperience as a top. I am not like heavily seeking bottoms. Um, but I also, you know, I'm happy with the bottom I have. Um, I'm happy with the play partner I have. Um, and I'm still learning. My journey as a switch is very different from my dominance journey. Um, mine wasn't really gradual. I knew how I felt. I thought about it for probably about 30 seconds. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought about it for about a year. I really began to contemplate it like three months before I came out about it. And then I told my dominant and we took time to process it together. And I didn't change my identity on FetLife to switch until I had approached her. Um, she was worried about me changing my identity as a switch because she was worried people might think that I was like actively ready to top when I was still learning. And I explained to her, I'm like, no, I will make it very clear in my profile that I'm not actively like, you know, prepared that I need to learn. Um, but being a switch is true to my identity. It's as true to my identity as my alien gender is true to my identity. Like, I don't have to justify that this is part of my identity, but my dominant learned a lot of skills before she called herself one you know and for me I've given myself the freedom to call myself what I am and to openly and transparently communicate to anyone interested my skills are baby I am baby top baby and I am only topping experienced bottoms who are willing and capable of giving me feedback whether it's positive or negative um that is where I'm at right now but um, I'm very com comfortable being a switch. I'm very confident about it. Um, I don't feel in any way like it invalidates my relationship with my dominant um, or like it invalidates my, submissive, my submissiveness or my submission to my dominant. In fact, it validates it for me because for me, it makes my submission even more valuable because it really is not something that I automatically give to any partner. Some partners bring it out and some do not. You know, and um, I am actually more comfortable being dominant with people than I am being submissive with them, to be honest, unless it's the right person. Um, so a lot of things in my life make sense now that I identify myself as a switch because I've given myself freedom to know someone, feel their energy and react accordingly. I don't allow labels or expectations to shape how I am with them, what roles we play in scenes. Um, I let it fall where it is natural. And that feels really good to me. And I might become a dominant to somebody, but not with you. Nope. <laughs> and it won't it won't stop me from wanting to submit to you either. That you know. Should see it happening. At this time. If I wanted to stop submitting to you, it'd because you suck, not because I'm not a submissive. I mean that could happen. That could um, not happen. <laughs> I do not like you saying at this time, because I know you're trying to be realistic and you're like, 
I'm just leaving the door open for our relationship I, to fail. No, but that's I don't not what think I'm it's saying. I'm fail. just saying we can't we can't predict the future. Well, also, by and... the way, uh, just part of something I want to throw out there, but two dominants can be in a relationship together and be very happy. Yeah, it's just gonna. I mean, be our different. relationship would be egalitarian at that point. I would imagine. Man, the face you just made. I just love the way our life is. I love what we're building together. Why would we dismantle that? Why could even if I was dominant with everyone else but you, why would I upend? The beauty of our relationship. I agree. I agree. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I know my heart. Yes, I could grow more, but I cannot foresee a future where I would not want the female dominant energy in my life. And that's you. And there may be other female dominance that I have in my life, but I'm never going to lose wanting this. I bring my love to you, baby. Okay. So yeah, get uncomfortable. Um, so it's that true was but our just get story. uncomfortable so i think before we end out i did want to kind of speak a little more gen- generally if you're okay with that miss jen um to other people who are wondering what the hell is going on with switches or are switches themselves um there are many many ways that people become switches and many reasons why and many ways to do it um with my dominant i lean to the yes side i'm a submissive with her um I feel like there are other people who I have completely different energy with. It is completely random. It depends on the person. And I don't naturally favor either direction. Um, It just, again, it's the situation and the person across from me that dictates what my energy will be, basically. Yeah, that's how it became for me once I was solid in my switchdom. Switchdom. That's how it was for me. It was really based on my energy with the other person, for sure. And what was interesting for me, too, which we didn't talk about, was I was never, I was never successfully able to switch with the same partner. So if I felt dominant to someone, that was it. If I felt submissive, and I'm, I'm saying those words interchangeably with like top and bottom as well. With somebody, that was it. Like, there wasn't somebody that I was like, oh, I always top you. Like, this happened, actually. I was I would top a friend of mine who was another pro, and that was just our energy, right? Like, we were both actually pro S-types at the time, um, but I was starting to get into the whole topping thing, and our energy was just like, I naturally would always top her. And at one point I was like, hey, I was like, you know, you want to switch it up? Like, do you want to top me? And she was like, okay. And the scene lasted about five minutes because she was like, yeah, I can't do this. (laughs) Like that energy for whatever reason, whatever energy I create or or that is there between me and somebody Like, that's what it is. Whereas I know a lot of switches who can switch with the same partner. Like, you have two switches that are together, and they can switch with each other. Um, I think that's, like, one of my most favorite relationship styles is two switches together. I just think it's kind of badass. It just kind of, it's just kick ass, man. Like, it's like, you just do whatever you want. It's really great. Well, and you have some switches who are, you have two switches who are in relationships together, but may not in play switch with each other. Yeah. Play-wise. But yeah, think- and it wasn't just me either. Like my the the submissive partner I had when I met you, she switched with every single one of her play partners except me. And 
even when she watched me bottom to someone else, she got physically ill. Like, I mean, it was just weird. It was bizarre. I had a weird experience with you recently where I was, I topped at Club Edge, but not really. I was the warmer up or the warmer upper for the whip booth because we had the person who was going to flog to warm people up before they got, you know, they bought them to whips wasn't able to make it. And Miss Jen was going to do all the flogging instead, but Miss Jen, it would hurt her body to do that for the whole night. Um, And so I was like, well, at first jokingly, I'm like, well, I can do impact. I can smack people's upper backs. Do you want me to do that? And she's like, actually, yeah, you could do that. And so I, I had her vet me. I practiced on three different people and then Miss Jen bottomed as the fourth person so that I could, work on my pressure so that and, i could actually feel it yeah, and tell and what she was i doing. was com- confident i was like i can hit my dominant with her consent i'm not worried about it like there's nothing wrong with it i don't feel like our power is being flipped i don't feel like i'm doing something wrong and i, I was still being evaluated yeah i actually really <laughs> wanted her to let me do it because i i trust her feedback like she has valuable feedback for me and i was like she's it's like she's like the, the it's like having gordon ramsay taste your food if you're a chef, like, oh God. I just really wanted my dominant, who I respect, to let me know how it was doing. I did my task, but I found myself at the end of it tearing up. And I got emotional because I had hit my dominant. And I knew that everything was fine, but it literally unnerved me on a core primal level that she had bottomed to me. And it wasn't me. My energy was not dominant. It was not toppy. It was not anything other than practicing a skill but I still felt a little bit ill. Um, I think that speaks a lot to our power exchange more than it does to your or my energy because our energy was still very much you were my D-type and I was your S-type in that moment. It just it just really upset me. And I don't really want to do it again um, because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I tried to, reassure, I tried to reassure you as well as I could because even though I haven't really, you know, I haven't played as a bottom for like what whatever we said six years or whatever i knew you'd be fine I knew i'm i'm a very heavy bottom on my back on I my upper back yeah. and so you know it, that's something it that's never gone away no i know i know but i afterwards like you were tearing up and i was just like everything's fine i'm fine you didn't hurt me it felt great like here's what i'll tell you to like you know pace here whatever like i gave you the feedback um, but I did my best to just be like, we're all good and like keep it really light and yeah. happy. <laughs> but the point is, um, it's, it's very interesting. I, I believe I could switch with probably any other partner I might ever meet depending on the person. I guess it would depend on the energy. But with you, no, it's true. Um, but the point that I'm saying is that every switch identifies a little bit differently in their switchiness. And I tend to meet switches who identify more strongly as a D side or more strongly as S side, which I find fascinating. It reminds me of this one time that I was in a flogging line. Um, and I was the middle person. So I was flogging someone in front of me while somebody else flogged me from behind. And I yelled out in the middle of it, ultimate switch. It was hilarious. It's awesome. (laughs) That's good. The ultimate switch. Um, but switching is fascinating and switching your identity in a dynamic is fascinating. Um, I wanted to share some of the struggle that we had when I changed my identity or I, you know, I became a switch as opposed to a submissive because I think a lot of people grow in their relationships and they change. And I think it's scary and I think it's valid that my partner had some fear. Um, but it's important to remember that your partner is not you. Um, Miss Jen, as I said, may have had a linear experience where she went from point A to point B to point C. 
But to me, I'm simply giving voice to something that has always been true for me from the moment I came into the scene. I was always capable of switching. Um, I was always potentially interested in it, just not at that time. And I am now at a place where I want it. I want to do it. Um, But I haven't lost my interest in other things that were interesting to me. I've just found the capacity to explore interests that at the time when I was in a place of deficit, I didn't have energy or space to pursue, you know? So um, it's okay to, to grow and change in DS. And I will tell you, as I mentioned, if you ever get to a point where you are a submissive and you feel like you are a switch or you feel like you are a dominant and that you are discovering that about yourself, you do not have to end your relationship with your partner. You probably have to change it. But two D types can be in a relationship together. Two S types can be in a relationship together. Two switches can be in a relationship together. It can function. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We <laughs> hope that you found this interesting. We basically did find me a dom and find me a sub. And I guess we wanted to kind of talk about switching stuff too because it's fascinating. And it's funny, but I didn't realize until we were done with the episode that this not only is an episode about being a switch, but about changing your identifier. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's kind of a very potent and important topic to be able to address. Yeah. Do you have any other last thoughts before we, we call out our awesome team and we say goodbye? I have to start dinner. That's not, <laughs> that's not for the podcast to hear. <laughs> what are we going to eat, though? I'm making breaded cod and Brussels sprouts. Oh, it's like one of my favorite things you make. Yep. I want that. That's good. I want that bad. I'm going to make that. I want that. <laughs> Um, well, in that case, I got to go because I got to eat some breaded cod. Um, so without it's further ado, chips, except instead of French fries, it's Brussels sprouts with Parmesan. Without further ado, I'm going to list off all of our amazing team members who make this podcast so great and make us feel so awesome and who just make everything here possible. I'm talking, of cor- course, whoa, shit. I'm talking, of course, about Tussled, Sid, and Lena. Tussled does all of these amazing notes and is also helpful in directing our content and in coming up with um, different ideas to make our brand better. Sid is our tech person. Sid is just fucking amazing and a hard worker and a great friend. And then finally, we have Lena. Lena always gets ridiculous um, descriptions, and I feel like I can't outdo what we've already done. But what you need to know about Lena is that she is kind. She is a wonderful human. She has been a fan. She's not a human. She's a vampire. I'm sorry. She's a wonderful vampire. Thank you. And she has been a fan from basically our origins. And I think she's one of the biggest reasons why we pushed through and started the podcast. I don't know if yeah, we've ever she told was, you that. She but... was ever. She was a, a mega fan from the YouTube's days. Yeah. So <laughs> when we were in our infancy, she was there, you know, cradling us to greater heights. So we really appreciate all of our team. We appreciate you, Tussle, Sid, and Lena. And of course, of course, of course, guess who we're calling out? Pudding. 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 <laughs> pudding is a call me kinkling, and we call putting out every single episode because of that. If you want to be a call me kinkling so that you hear your name shouted by us in weird voices, all you have to do is become a patron. Yeah, patron. Pudding, pu- a pudding, feels, pudding feels lonely at the top. Um, she would really, she would really love another name or five to shout out with hers. So yeah, just, just saying. hop along to our Patreon <laughs> and uh, give some stuff a click and sign on up, and we'll see you next time here on Keg is for Kinky. Thank you, precious Kinklings. Bye.